The following audio is from Cross Life Church in Tampa, Florida. We are a church that exists to help people find Christ, their place in the body, and their mission to the world. Our calling is to raise leaders and plant churches. So if you live in the Hudson area or near Wesley Chapel, you can also check us out at one of our other locations. For more information, visit us at crosslife.net. Um, okay, so uh, last week we talked about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are what God has made us in Christ. He's made us new creatures to do good works, which he hath prepared in advance for us to do. And as we talk through Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the idea of how God has really created us, how it was in God's mind at some point in history. He looked ahead toward Christ and those that trusted him. There was a particular work that they would do, and we talked around that. And this morning, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I, I, I just kind of want to, I kind of want to stay here for just uh, uh, this Sunday as well, because we didn't really get to talk about specifically a couple things. We didn't really play it out and really have this conversation concerning what are the good works? What are the good works that he has created us to do, that he had prepared in advance for us to do? Let's talk about that. Anybody got some thoughts? What are the good works? Somebody? No, there's it's just not it's not a single answer. Works plural, so what comes to mind? Uh, love one another, somebody else? It's kind of quiet, I mean. Hello. Here, let me give you this. Get this. Uh, preach the gospel to everybody. Okay, so preaching the gospel, the idea of the Great Commission. Somebody else? I, um, so as we look at those, right, those first, those apply to everybody, right, to everyone. Okay. So we have, we have, a, we have a, I think there's a division between the great works that he's prepared for us, meaning us collectively, and then us selectively is what I would like to say is... Um, which I think is the exciting part about, we might not really know what that is, but the, 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 the hope or the feeling that we have that he has laid out something for me to do, for you to do, for everybody else to do since the beginning of time is just an, ex- that's what we, I'm looking to it. I want to know what it is, right? Um, uh, again, the great works are, and we can name individuals, we call them stories in the Bible, but they, they are history in the Bible because that's the person that he chose for that work. Okay. All right. Somebody else? Keith? Or Anne's right there, and then Keith. I like that. Uh, so there is a same work that all of us are to do. We're all to do the same work. Anne? Um, to use your gift for the building up of the body. Okay. Somebody else? I, I like what Doug said about, you know, the, the work that he has made for us. I, as those stories in the Bibles, they didn't even realize that that was, you know, 
the work that he had given them because this is his work. And that's what the part that we kind of forget about sometimes. It's not we do it, but he does it through us. So it's, mm. it's his work that that's he good. does. I like that. Uh, then Keith. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too, like a macro and a micro. Uh, if you look at the two greatest commandments, right? Love God and love your neighbor. That's for everybody for sure. But I think like what Doug said, it's kind of like not only individual calling, like he's called you to be a minister, but it's also, I think, sometimes we might look at it on too big of a scale. Sometimes it might be something as simple as, I want you to go over there and just ask that person how they're doing because even though I don't know it, but that person needs someone to show that somebody cares about them. It could be little things. Like that time that neighbor, you went over there and cut the tree branches all up for him. See, that was works that tens of thousands of years ago God wanted you to do. And it's amazing when you think about that. It really is. And I think the word good, you know, good works for us to do, it's only good because God's involved, right? If you look at in the Bible, anytime God does something, he looks at it and he always says it's good. So I think that's pretty cool too. Okay, somebody else? I just remember what a friend of mine said many years ago because her husband was so good at serving all the time. Just whenever he saw a need, you know, he could put aside whatever. And, and, and um, I mean, you know how wives can be. <laughs> but she, would, she would tell him, you know, the world doesn't need a nice guy. The world needs a nice guy with a gospel. Mm. And I thought, so like kind of like what I said last week, there's a million nice things that we can do. But if we don't carry the gospel and our lives don't reflect, you know, we may, it may only be a moment that we can say, God bless you, or, you know, that we can, we can give credit to God in that moment, or it may be that somebody's watching our life, but uh, just being nice is not enough. Hmm. Uh, I'll just follow up on that quickly, because when you started with talking about Afghanistan, I was talking to a young pastor who was there as a soldier. Um, you know, they're there 20 years. We, we gave them a framework of government, a framework of, of an economy, a framework of, you know, he went through this whole thing and he said, but you know what we didn't give him was a framework of God. Right, because you're, right. Mm-hmm. you're told you can't, right? But, but, but if we did, right, that lasts. Um, I probably included on one another, love one another, but the encouragement, okay. the encouragement that I always reminds me how, how Paul is uh, encouraged Timothy and then he wants some encouragement at the time when he's having uh, difficulty, that he needs encouragement too. And with simple things, one encouragement for him is, would you please bring my blanket as you travel and see me? in prison because he felt cold when he was sick, feeling sick. So when, when Paul is asking those, he's encouraging. At the same time, we know that we need to be encouraged for good works. Okay. So I see this. Uh, so we all have this same work. So, you know, the idea of as his disciples, we're, we're to go make disciples. We're supposed to teach everybody what Jesus taught. 
So this idea of fulfilling the Great Commission. So we got the same work, but this idea that as far as walking in love, so there's, there's this work that we have to do, all the same work, and we all got to do it the same way. That is through love. It is walking in love. And then there is in all this, there's the, there's, you have the general, but then you have the specifics. There are, sometimes there are specific things. So we were in a conversation on Friday, and I think it was Aaron Romano said that uh, this past week, Darcy was somewhere, and uh, she was in line somewhere, and a lady apparently didn't have enough money to do whatever she needed to do, so Darcy just went up, and she paid it. That lady was a little distraught, and so anyway, she just went up and paid it. Consequently, out of that, you know, the Lord just nudged her, hey, and, and if you know the Romano family, and you have five kids, and he's working, that's, you know, money's, uh, money's tight. And the Lord just nudged her, and out of that came a half-hour conversation afterwards of her just being able to share Christ with her. And uh, I think while we were there, three of the guys shared stories that were specific to that. And so I, what I, the reason why I'm bringing this up is that sometimes I think that we've gotten really busy with our life. And I said that, um, so last week I said that we were created to do good works. And good, the word was agathos, which is specific that means to doing something that benefits others. And so I know for all of us, um, uh, you know, before COVID life was crazy, after COVID it's crazier. And sometimes we're just concerned to make sure that, you know, our family is okay and they have everything that they need. And it's kind of like us, you know, we're, we're always making sure our kids have what they need. When hurricanes come, we're the one, we're buying water, we're buying, we're buying way more than what we need. The reason we are, she's going, hey, you need to go to, you need to, go to Sam's and pick up another five cases of water. I go, five, are you kidding me? Well, you know, just in case the kids don't, you know, and so, you know, we're, because they don't. <laughs> Okay, Josh and I, if you listen to Dad this morning, get in gear. So, you know, we, our lives just get busy watching everybody else uh, in our immediate family, but we're, we're called to go past that, right? We're called to go past our immediate family. Did you have something you were going to say, Joan? Well, pretty much you said, but I think we're ambassadors. And so we should be light wherever we are every day in good situations and bad situations. And um, light is the only thing that dispels the darkness. So I've just been praying for, for Afghanistan and those believers. Some have already been killed. They don't have a future, but they're still light. And, and that's what we need to be, is light. Mm. Then people will actually come and ask us or start a conversation my kids said that Jesus is in my DNA. I can't talk very long without mentioning him because I'm an ambassador for him. Yeah, and you can't live very long without him being seen. You know, you know I mean? Right. Okay, so let's ask this question. So we're uh, created to do these good works, and all of us have the same work. We're supposed to live the same way, do them. The, you know, they're supposed to be through our life in a particular way. That is through 
love, the love that God dropped in her life. And we all have, at, at, I think I said that a few weeks ago, I was listening to the message when I was, when I had, after I had surgery, I wasn't here. And they said, um, Kobe said, it's, it's, it's being obedient in those moments. You know, it's doing those things in the moments. And I know sometimes uh, God will nudge you. You'll be somewhere and you'll see something and, and you know, okay, let me take back God nudge. Okay, he does, but this is how it's perceived a lot of times. We see something and, and uh, we think here, uh, hmm. And then we go, yeah, well, that'd be super awkward and that'd be really uncomfortable and that'd be way, that'd be, that's way out of my comfort zone. But yet it is probably God nudging you. So when we see the good, we need to take advantage of those times, right? So God is nudging in those very specific ways because he knows people's lives. When we, when we were in, on vacation and the lady was in her car and the Lord just nudged us to go and talk to her because she was distraught and to pray for her. We, we don't know how, I think it was Ralph had made comment that in that time, he says sometimes we don't know the outcomes. Sometimes we don't see the outcomes and we wonder, has my life been of value? Well, listen, if you're planting and watering, if your heart is toward wanting to honor God and you are in, in whatever way you're, you're, you're planting and watering, you're encouraging the word, you're praying for people, that never returns void. We might not get it, we might not see it, but it is what God is doing through us which always makes a difference in people's lives. So let's ask this question. So how does God prepare us for these good works? Somebody? So we were created to do what God had prepared for us to do. So he's prepared us to do good works. How has he prepared us to do good works? Um, up here to Alexandra. Um, sometimes I think that it's through trials and suffering. When you go through those hard times, um, the Lord prepare you to help others that might face the same situation. Oh, that's good. I like that. Somebody else? Um, <clears throat> although I think he prepares us for specific things, um, you know, you mentioned watering and and planting. Um, sometimes we look and say, uh, you know, oh, Pastor Tracy's got that, or you know, she's got that, or she's got that. Joan's got it. Well, but God's going, no, no, no she's planting. You're watering, mm. right? There's specific, but I think more importantly to me is that he prepares us in the way that through trials and tribulations through our lives, he prepares us to say yes when we're mm -hmm. called to do something. We, we, we might not feel qualified to do it. To your point, that's out of my comfort zone. I don't, I don't want to go there. What he's preparing us to do is say, when something is out of your comfort zone, in faith to go, okay, I'm going there. Yeah. He's going to qualify us once we make the decision to go there and do what needs to be done. I like that. He prepares us to say yes. Ann? Ann? One of the things that just came to my mind about um, 
the good works is, is believing God. And so you have to be in his word to see what he says. And then you have to believe and trust what he says is true. And that in itself in believing him is a good work. Anyone else? <coughs> uh, remember when Jesus sent out, I think it was a 70 or something at that time. He said, don't take any extra things with you. And when people ask you what to say, don't worry about it because I'll give the words for you to say. You know, kind of like what Doug was talking about. Prepare ourselves to say yes as a believer. Walk by faith and realize that the good works is actually being done by him. We're just privileged enough to be the vessel to deliver it. So even though, obviously, you go to school, theology, or whatever, you train, you know, to be a missionary, there's things you need to know, languages and stuff. But ultimately, God just needs someone who's willing to say yes and go. He'll take care of the rest. So Acts 10.38, remember, it says that, uh, so Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed uh, of the devil. And a matter of fact, I'm going to read it, Acts chapter 10.38. Uh, it says, you know about Jesus and others, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. He went everywhere doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, for God was with him. And I got to thinking back in John chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. So this is when he'd healed the guy at the pool of Siloam, and there was a conversation that was going on with his disciples. And he says, truly, truly, I tell you, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Then in verse 20, it says this. It says, for the father loves the son and shows him that he himself and shows him what he himself is doing. So, you know, just take and keep that in mind. So then Jesus in chapter 14 uh, John chapter 14, verse 12, he's talking to his disciples and he says this. He says, listen, I'm telling you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, this whole process of how it, God made sure that the son knew what he wanted him to do. So God was doing this work that he was, he was you know, we, we, we get this. Well, Jesus was different. Y- yes. That's true. Jesus was different. But Jesus modeled something for us. He came in human flesh and he suffered as a man. So he had the same dependency upon God that we have. And so the father began to talk to the son about what he wanted him to do. And he began to show the son the things that he does. And so it's the same with us. See, God anointed Jesus. He, he, he called him to be. He determined him to be the Messiah. And then he enabled him to do what he needed to do. And so for us, we've talked about this, about being ambassadors in the very same way. And so I got this sneaking suspicion in our life that God is saying stuff to us. God is helping us see things. And why is God saying things and helping us see things? So we can do some things. And sometimes it's not what we think. You know, uh, showing kindness and showing mercy and, and love to other people sometimes doesn't take you sitting down and, and saying, here, it's like the, uh, I think it was the, it was some ministry that I was involved with with, with, with the jail. 
and they would bring treats, but the guys didn't get the treats until you preached. And, and, uh, and I told the guy, I go, you know, that's a little backward. You should just let them have the treats, enjoy it, and then those that want to stay, share the gospel with them. Why, why are you twisting their arm? Just extend good. Uh, because then all of a sudden they're going to go, wow, this is great. They're just, they're just loving on me, and I don't have to give anything in return. I need to check this out. So I think that sometimes we, we kind of mess this up. So our doing good does things. And it's not that every time that we have to go, if, if we get in our head, okay, well, I'm going to do good, but I got to make sure that they know it's all about Jesus, so I got to share the gospel. Sometimes it's simply we, with the homeless, uh, uh, Jay says that every time he goes out, he goes, hey, just so you know, we're doing this because this is what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to love you. And this is a way that we can love you. So it's not always complicated, right? So just as he was anointed, we are anointed. Just as he was gifted, we are gifted. Just as the Father helped him see and talk to him, the same thing for us. So I guess what I'm saying, why I'm saying all this is because we are living in a point in time in human history like none other. And it's going to continue this downhill trajectory, we need to understand this. And what the world around us needs to see most is not what we say, but what we do. There, it's that, because when we do those things, it is light. Somebody brought it up. It's like light in a dark place. And the light in the dark place is not us. It's the Spirit of God in us that enlightens that. It's the Spirit of God that speaks into people's hearts and lives. Before I was ever a believer, and people that were believers showed kindness to me, you know, on the outward I was hard, but on the inward I'm going, huh, hmm. You know, it just, there was just something that caught my attention. I like how Jesus tries to explain this to his disciples in John chapter 15. He kind of does it this way. He says, well, this is what this looks like. It's kind of like the vine and the branches. You know, and he says to them, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me and I in you, and you will bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. But if you do remain in me, you'll bear fruit, good fruit that will remain. And so what we need to get more and more comfortable with, what we need to get more and more used to is a realization out of, uh, I think it's Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, for it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We need to understand it's not about me thinking up good works that I need to do. God's already got them laid out. It's about us as we live in this life being sensitive to, and being aware that when God is helping us see something and God is saying something to us, that we do something. And again, it's not always got to give him the chapters and verses. It is just allowing him to flow through your life like the vine. So we need to see that doing these good works, when we do these good works this way, God moving through our life because of the Spirit indwelling us who is causing fruit to be born through our life, these good works that make a difference. So our life isn't simply about believing. It's also, we were, it's about believing and it's about this 
true faith that will bring about good works from a new creation who's in union with Jesus. So I think the more complicated our world gets, the simpler we need to get. Because if light always dispels darkness, then us just extending who we are because of Christ, that's light. And that will always extinguish darkness. Always. It will always be seen. And it's not, we're not doing it because we thought of it and we think it's a great idea and look at me, this is what we're doing and this is what I'm doing. No, it's what he's doing and what he's nudging us to do. So you get this idea that I love. So uh, in Acts chapter 1, says that uh, um, uh, Luke is writing, he said, I'm writing to you. In the first book I wrote to you about what Jesus began to do and to teach. And it's almost like an Acts, and it's almost like he's saying, and now in this letter, I'm going to show you what he's continuing to do and to teach. Because, see, it's Jesus in us, Christ in us, so he is still doing the good works. He is still doing the good works in our life. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, you go to verse 8, it says that we are saved by grace through faith unto good works. So it is Christ who is for us, Christ who is in us, and Christ who is through us. And we really need to get uh, acquainted better with the spiritual aspect of our life. Did you have something you wanted to say, Don? Yeah, I was going to say that sometimes he prepares us by not preparing us because he needs a clean slate to write on without a lot of baggage that we would bring to it. Mm. And so he may cause a trauma in your life that completely changes the direction you're going and uh, in a direction that you never thought of or would have tried. And maybe you don't want to go that way. Mm, that's good you know, point. we all have, uh, sometimes we have a Jonah experience, not necessarily in the belly of a fish, but the idea that we don't want to go where God's directing us to go or do what he's wanting us to do. But he has to work on us to get us to the point where, okay, all right, Lord, whatever you want. And then we have to depend on his Holy Spirit to be the one to lead and guide and not our own thoughts and our own works and uh, necessarily our background. But God can be creative in that sense and work through us to do things that uh, would be unimaginable to us. Okay. Aiden, you want to bring the mic? I'm sorry. I forgot your first name. Cheryl. Cheryl. Okay, Cheryl. Sorry. So we're all bad. We're not good people. And it's not about us doing these works. It's us surrendering to the Lord and having him through us do these works. Mm -hmm. He opens doors all day long for us. We just have to be aware of the open door and step out. And he puts the words in our mouth. It won't be our words if we surrender. And it's truly surrendering to him, forgetting about who we are, and living through him only. And of course, we're humans. We always don't do that. 
But when we do, amazing works happen and amazing reactions happen to the person you're talking to. It's not, it's not my words. It's not my voice. It's the Lord's voice through me. Hopefully, it's the Lord's face reflecting off of me. It's not me. It's not about me. It's all about surrender, complete and utter surrender. Mm-hmm. And I found it such a relief to live that way, to truly not live my life today for me and my plans, but to know when something, a bump comes in or something changes, that is God in charge and I can step back and allow him to take control of what's happening today. And I, the surrender part is just what has spoken and woken me so much because I'm a horrible speaker and an introvert. But when he comes through me, amazing things happen and amazing things change. It's not about me. It's all about him. And it's not my works. It's his works through me. I was, um, you can give it to Anelda. I was, uh, I'd gotten saved. So this, I, you know, my story, Max drug dealer was the one that, got saved and brought me to Christ. And I was in a life, a small group setting and I was sharing about all, you know, how this process happened and what Bill said and did. And Bill afterwards, he goes, I've really said that. I don't remember. I did that. Seriously. I did that. I don't remember doing that. So see, it's, you become very aware that sometimes, how many of you have ever shared with somebody and after you got done, you go, man, I can't even believe I said all that stuff. Where'd that come from? Nelda? Years ago, I remember now, years ago, hearing a preacher, I don't know what he was preaching on or anything, but the one phrase that has stuck in my mind all these years is, we as Christians need to have a yes face. And I think it's what we've been hearing this morning. Um, the willingness, the surrender, but it needs to show on our face and have a yes face. Yeah, and knowing you don't need all the answers, how many times we do something and somebody asks you a question and say, well, I'm not really sure about that, but this. I have it all the time. I'm not sure I can maybe get back to you on that. So this reality about this light that comes out of our life, this is Christ out of our life. I mean, what does the world around us today need to see? They need to see Jesus. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. We're, we're just vessels. So if, if you're not, if you're not up, if you're not going to allow, he's going to use a vessel to do what he wants to do. He's going to, he's going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So, uh, let me just kind of, uh, Maybe, let's see where we at. Let me end by this. I got a lot more here, but I think that we're getting, we're getting this, hopefully, to have this, uh, to say yes. God is just wanting to get us to a place of yes. So it's in um, Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, well, you know what? I want to say... You know, one of the things when we're thinking about good works and doing good works, here's a, here's a question should, that should not enter into our thinking process. Does this person deserve my good works? 
you know, that's shouldn't be part of the equation. Sometimes it is the person that is an enemy that you show grace or kindness to is more impactful. So we can't just say, well, yep, that person is like that or like, so they don't deserve, so I'm not going to extend. And yet we know that in our sin, he died for us, right? Um, Paul in chat, or not Paul, but the author of the, whoever wrote Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, it says this. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So we have this admonishment that what we're supposed to do with our mouth, uh, our lips, we're supposed to honor him or to proclaim his name. We get that. But then the next verse says, oh, and don't forget to do good works and share what you have because God is pleased with these kinds of sacrifices. So we have this offering that we give to God, the sacrifice that we give to God and just in our lives and in honoring him, us honoring him like we did this morning. Uh, through the worship time, I'm, I'm just going, yes, Father, thank you. God, thank you. That needs to happen in our life. But the writer to the Hebrews says, hey, but don't forget to do good works and to share what you have because this is just as important as that. We need to offer, sometimes sacrifice because it's not easy to be able to do that. So I get to thinking about good deeds now and thinking in this conversation, good deeds or God deeds. They're God deeds because it's really a God that's moving through our life. Let me just uh, say this. In John chapter 15, when Jesus got done talking to the disciples about abiding in him and about bearing much fruit, he says this to them. He says, here's something you need to understand. You did not choose me. I chose you. And I chose you to do good works. Father, I am grateful to be called your child. I am grateful to have my life change in so many ways, but I have become crusty. My heart is not as tender as it used to be. My eyes are not as, uh, in some way, my eyes aren't, uh, they don't see as far as they used to. Because it used to be that I always walked in love and kindness toward others. And I don't find myself like that as much. And I think some, because the world around us has just been caused so much of a dividing line and 
I see so many injustices and hypocrisies that I just want you, your judgment to come in some ways. And yet that is not what you're wanting at this moment in time. What you're wanting in this moment in time is for your love and grace and compassion to flow through my life. There will be a time of judgment. There will be a time of separating between now and then. This is what you want us collectively as a body to do. So I pray, Father, right now that in some way you just touch our hearts. God, that you'd work on our selfishness. God, that you'd work on our unforgiveness, the bitternesses, the things that cause injustices to make us want revenge. Vengeance is yours, and it will come, but not now. A time will come, but not now. Right now. It is about your people allowing you to flow through their life to do the good things that you had determined for the benefit of others that you have determined for us to do. Let that be in the forefront of our hearts and minds this morning and as we go throughout our week. Just, just keep putting it in front of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just say, if you're like me and you've been a little crusty and you know it, maybe this is a good prayer for you. Father, I've been this way for a while, and, but I need to shift. I think it would be good for all of us just to ask God to help us that way to move and to shift us so that we can become what he wants us to become. Amen? God bless. Have an amazing week.